Welcome to episode four of the Church of Common Sense. Oh my goodness. We've done it. We've done a full month of shows. I can't believe it. I can't believe we've gotten here. Uh, I'm excited. This is one I am recording pretty late, so if I sound a little tired, I apologize. I just got back from a mic. I was doing a show. At the Daily Grind. Grind it up. Get your coffee. Get your booze. Do a show. Boom, boom. Uh, <laughs> that is not their official theme song. I, uh, I'm i just a little sleepy. And uh, a very mild light buzz. Uh, after my set, uh, I enjoyed a beverage. And before my set, I had a pre-show beverage. It was a... Uh, it was a... Beautiful thing I've ever seen in my life. It's watermelon. Uh, beer, flavored beer, breaking all, <laughs> breaking all stereotypes. Uh, that was my evening. Went in, did a quick uh, set. It's a show up and go up, so you get about three, three to five minutes. You know, work on your newest jokes or what have you. I was uh, working on a semi-new bit. Say 90% new with some old stuff that I haven't been able to really bring on stage for a full show. But it was a good time. Lots of lots of good kids out tonight doing their shit. It was uh it was fun. It's a nice little break from everything that's uh, going on. We'll uh we'll get to that. Oh boy, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Another one. We got a nether shooting. And uh, this one was, uh, this one was not good. Uh, it gets a big old. Big time. Big, big time in this one. Seven times. Shot seven times in the back. Well, if he was complying, it wouldn't have... Shut the fuck up. Holy shit. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. God, I don't want this fucking podcast to be this every week. I... It doesn't matter that he was walking away. He was walking away away from them then they grabbed his shirt when he opened his car door and popped him seven times seven times that's a case of beer and one extra it's too many one probably would have really been too many I don't know how anyone can see the video and go no, I can't see how people go. They make because the race, <laughs> the race is the simple answer. Uh, whether or not they realize it or not, they uh, they're fucked in the head if they try to justify this. Seven times now he's paralyzed. But he was wanted on warrants for other. Th- he wasn't at the time. That was not the case. That's the thing. It's not the fact that it was this person. It's the fact that that could have been anybody. Regardless. If he was black and a fucking lawyer that never had a criminal record, they would have done him the same way if he would have acted like that. Out of fear. They would have done the exact same thing. It didn't matter about his criminal record. They don't give a shit about that. They would have done it to anyone. 
He was there breaking up a fight. People say he said he was going to go get his gun. I have not uh, seen that posted anywhere. It's fucked. And then we got the that other kid, that seventeen-year-old uh, idiot, killed two protesters, shot three all together. Two are dead now. Um, people are claiming it's self-defense. Um, and the thing is, I know, had it been the other way around. Had it been like a Trump rally or an All Lives Matter thing or a Proud Boys thing or an alt-right thing and and a black guy went down there with a gun, even if it was legal, unlike this idiot who's 17 and illegally had this gun, but he's still high-fiving cops and getting water from them and shit and getting thanked. Had that been a black guy at a Trump rally, an All Lives Matter thing, a fucking alt-right Proud Boys thing, and the same situation would have went down, people would be calling for his head, and they wouldn't say it was self-defense. They'd go, well, he shouldn't have been down there in the first place. He had no business being down there. Neither did this dumb motherfucker. I'm tired. I'm pissed off. Everybody is tired and pissed off. Hope you weren't counting on basketball getting you through these times. They're protesting now. They're going to boycott. They're going to try and end the season. In the hopes that someone, somewhere, over the rainbow, uh, <laughs> will fucking listen and realize there's a big problem. How can people not see that there is a giant fucking problem? Oh, we're coming in hot today, Travi. Oh, boy, oh, boy. Is it going to be a fun one? Yes, I'm still going to try and make this fun. I got Disney questions still. I got confessions. I got the works. If all went according to plan, you heard a nice little intro. Before the show started. I hope you enjoyed it. I even did a little outro. Stay tuned for that. Unless I don't know how to get them added in right then. You won't know what I'm talking about. But they're good. Pretty, pretty, pretty good. How was your weekend? Black people getting paralyzed and dumb racist teens shooting people aside. How was it? Was it nice? Did you get out? I had a picnic. It was good. I don't think people picnic enough. Went to uh, went to a local uh, park. Had a lovely time. Me and my girlfriend. A little fruit bowl. Some cured meats. Cheeses. All that good stuff. Only two ant sightings. One black ant, one red ant. Didn't get too handsy like that. Had a squirrel yell some sort of racial slur at me. And then fuck off, I tried to feed him. Was not having it. Was not eating over these black hands. It's a nice day. Uh, but I digress. It, uh, the real story I have is uh, on the way back I saw this guy that I thought I knew and I'm 90% sure it was still him it was an old friend that I went to like elementary school and junior high like you know went through school with all through all through the grades but I was scared to say hi and see if it was him. Because, uh. God, we're only nine minutes in. People are still listening at this point. Uh. 
you ever get a races if you do and races? It's kind of like a damned if you do and damned if you don't. But it's a, like a races if you do, and it's a races if you don't. Uh, I thought I saw uh, my buddy Ryan, who who's Chinese. But I wasn't sure it was him. By him, I mean... I wasn't sure if it was Ryan. I didn't want to take it. It's been long enough where if we probably saw each other, we'd both be hesitant to, like, make the first move. You know. One, probably because he'd be shyer. And two, I just... I didn't want to be wrong... And I mean, I mean, this guy legitimately looked like him. But I was afraid to take the chance because if I said Ryan, he said no. That I'm, then he just thinks I'm. It's not just that I made a mistake. He's gonna think this motherfucker thinks all. And it's, I don't. He just looks specifically like my buddy Ryan, who in elementary school I went over to his house, and he gave me some. Chinese soup before my taste buds were ready for Chinese soup. If it would give me Chinese soup now, I'd fucking love the shit. My taste, my palate is there. By the time it freaked me out a little, and then Ryan stopped coming to my house because uh, I lied and I told him uh, there was a homeless. This is kind of actually spooking me. Recording this late at night, telling the story. I said there was a homeless man that lived in, behind my house in the back of the woods. That uh, would occasionally take uh, young children. Don't ask me why I told him that. I was just an asshole. That was my pranks back then. And uh, Ryan never came uh, back to my house again. And uh, so maybe he wouldn't say hi because he was still holding grudges over me not fully appreciating the soup. And... Um, and me telling him that there was a homeless man that would uh, abduct him. You know, I was... Because I was a shithead kid. Yeah. I also had a friend one time go leave a sleepover. Middle of the night because I told him there was little leprechauns in my room. And the only way to get rid of them is you pretend to shoot them. And uh, he's, he, uh, he started freaking out. And he went home. At Travis Lindsay, he is a sick fuck. Twelve minutes in, you can tell I'm overtired. But I got stories, I got tales for you. Hey, it's Franklin. Oh boy. But like I said, did a comedy show. That's good. I got shows coming up. I'm in St. John, New Brunswick this weekend. My first out of problem show since the lockdown. And uh, I'm looking forward to it. Francois Weber, Ian Black, my boy, Dan, handsome, handsome Dan Hendrickson. He's going to be on the show, and we'll probably have a good time afterwards. Uh, that's really what I'm looking forward to is the hang after the show. But uh, it should it should be a good one. And then uh, then I got a backyard gig the next day, uh, and, uh, followed by immediately after the long gig, I got to head into town and do a show at Oasis. One of their rare weekend shows. They're trying to do a monthly thing there. Where, you know, it's a little more show-show-like. A little more club-style. Uh, I'm looking forward to that. Uh, so if you're in the Halifax area, please come out to Oasis. Come see me do that. I'm, uh, I'm, uh, I'm uh, doing a longer set on that one. So that'll be fun. And if you're in uh, New Brunswick area, St. John Marina. Uh, this upcoming Friday. I'm there. Come see me. Come say hi. But from six feet apart because we're still doing, still practicing safe social distancing. Can't touch us. Ding, 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 ding. But, um, yeah. Worked on some new jokes tonight. That was good. Got a lovely gift from a friend. Painted me a, uh, a lovely little Lion King portrait, uh, which will hang up in my Lion King section of my room. Yeah, I got a Lion King section in my room. Don't think Disney is a gimmick. It's a lifestyle. It's how I roll. Don't fuck with it. 
I look less weird saying I like Disney now because I shaved my face and I look like I'm fucking 15 again. Now you know why they call me the kid. Uh, Halifax now has a comedy page and an unofficial Halifax noise comedy page. Halifax noise is their like little Instagram thing that's run by someone. They have an art section and a food section and all that jazz. Someone took it upon themselves to create a Halifax noise comedy one. And, uh, they posted a thing with tips. It's uh, specifically, uh, Bill Hicks had, a. Uh, these are apparently Bill Hicks's comedy tips, and uh, I want to uh, read them for you and give my thoughts. I'm not critiquing Bill. Uh, he knows way better than I do. Uh, but I'm still living, so joke's on you, Bill. Just kidding. I wish it was Dennis Leary instead. Oh, did I say that? Just kidding. Ha, ha, ha. Uh, <laughs> hang in there folks I am uh, I'm a sleepy boy today I didn't get much rest and by the time this is all up it's going to be another late night for me and I got a show tomorrow District 5 Grill that's another show I got coming up come see that one that's a show up and go up hosted by Sam Bartle and Emma Mater so if you're in the Darthens area come check out that one but here we go. This is Bill Hicks' Principles of Comedy. Number one. If you can be yourself on stage, nobody else can be you, and you have the law of supply and demand covered. Boom. I got nothing to say there. That's 100% true. The moment you can be what you are off stage with the volume turned up a little, yeah, you will you'll stand out. You will, you will, you will be far more interesting. Number two, the act is something you fall back on if you can't think of anything else to say. This is a good one for pro working comics. This is one that takes time to get to this point. You need to have an act to fall back on. You know, you're, you're five minutes. I talked about this on another podcast coming up. Oh, yeah. A sidebar. I, uh, I recently recorded an episode of the Intoxicated Podcast. Please check that out. Hosted by Sarah McLellan, who uh, just uh, started doing stand-up comedy herself. So we had a big, long chat. It is now the record for longest single episode. Uh, I'm had to ma- I had to make sure that I uh, beat it because it was recently uh, set. And I had, to, I had to knock it out a little bit. So I did that. Had a good time there. Got... Uh, got a real nice buzz on you get to slowly see me get a little you know a little buzz on throughout the episode had uh had a budweiser beer in honor of my dearly departed friend the big cat and then i had some tall ship i had some weird mixed drink and then i also had a little bit of a some of that <laughs> the sound on this one nuts uh hope you still got your ears folks uh but yeah it was a great time so uh, check that out that'll be out in uh that'll be out in a few weeks that was a fun one but back to the principles of comedy yes make sure you have an act to fall back on before you you know you try to fall back on some of your five minutes or whatever is not gonna that's not what you need to fall back on that's not an act yet that's a set only do what you think is funny, never just what you think they will like, even though it's not that funny to you. Uh, yes, absolutely. That one takes a long time to get that comfortability and to realize that. That is uh, what I talked about uh, in a previous episode, you know, with the art of not giving a fuck. Um, you got to do what makes you happy. You got you to gotta send out the signal and hope your audience finds you. Don't make people that like you, you know, you need unconditional love. Not, not people that only like you because you, you know, you're doing what they like. 
<laughs> I didn't mean to sound so angsty there. <clears throat> Never ask them, is this funny? You tell them it's funny. Yes, absolutely. Well, again, 100%. You take them and you drag them. And you show them why it's funny. They can smell blood in the water. You let them know you're scared. They're going to eat you alive. You're not married to any of this shit. Something happens. If something happens taking you off on a tangent. Never go back and finish a bit. Just move on. Uh, that's one that I, I think I even I struggle with. You know, sometimes you like you were like, oh goddamn, this joke's up. But if the momentum's gone, you just sometimes gotta let it go. And you know, hopefully these people will come back and see you again, and then you can actually get the bit done. But uh, and again, another great tip. Never ask the audience how you doing. People who do that can't think of an opening line. They came to see you to tell them how they're doing. Ask that stupid question up front just digs a hole. This is the most common mistake made by performers. I want to leave as soon as they say that. Um, yeah, again, I'm. <laughs> this is not me giving my approval to Bill Higgs. Uh, I'm just maybe explaining this for uh, people who read it and, you know, are newer to comedy. I, but third person that goes, how's everyone doing? I, I hate it. I, despite, it's already been asked so many times. The host has done it. The host has let you know how they're doing. You know, be relatable. Don't act like you haven't been watching the show. And if you haven't been watching the show, you should be watching the show. You should already know how they're doing. Number seven, write what entertains you. If you can't be funny, be interesting. You haven't lost a crowd, have something to say, and then do it in a funny way. That one's very self-explanatory. Eight, I close my eyes and I walk out there, and that's where I start. Honest. Uh, that's a really brave thing. I still kind of need somewhat of a game plan. But I try to be open and honest up front when I'm, you know, in whatever my opening line is, it usually tries to reflect either the energy in the room or the energy that I'm currently feeling. Number nine, listen to what you're saying. Ask yourself, why am I saying it and is it necessary? This will filter all your material and cut the unnecessary words. Uh, yeah, you know, um, <laughs> yeah, you know. But when it comes to jokes, of course, everyone says, you know, the quicker you can get to the punchline, the better. Uh, absolutely. Uh, always listen back to your sets. Listen to every single word. Try to figure out, does this one add to the punchline? Does it take away to the punchline? Or does it do nothing for the punchline? And if it does nothing for the punchline or it doesn't add to the punchline, uh, take it out if it doesn't. Uh, throw the punchline or the joke off track. Number 10. Play the top of the intelligence of the room. There aren't any bad crowds. Just wrong choices. I would say... Yeah, sometimes... I don't know. Sometimes I feel like there's just a... There's a bad crowd. But I think that's... I do think that's a rare thing. Number 11, remember this is the hardest thing there is to do. If you can do this, you can do anything. Public speaking is like the number one fear. So it's, you know, I agree that this is a very difficult uh, thing to do. Number 12, I love my cracker roots. <laughs> this half applies to me. Get to know your family, be friends with them. Get that material wherever you can homegrown, you know, just like support local, homegrown stuff is the best. It's relatable, but it's also specific to you. And that's an important thing. But I just wanted to read that in case anyone didn't see that. Uh, I think it's good. I think people should uh, 100% uh, go to the Halifax Noise Comedy page and check it out. Uh <laughs> Oh, I gotta, I gotta mention this. This is almost a non-story, but 
I was on the way to go do the Intoxicated Podcast, and I was on the bus, and we're stopped at a red light, and a car pulled out, and a woman rolled down her window in the car next to me, and was like leaning out, gagging. Uh, Apparently her boyfriend had farted, and it had rocked this woman to her core. She dry heaved the entire red light and then as we were pulling away so to whoever that man was sir you're you're a hero uh, I salute you uh, I wish I had the confidence to uh, to just be that free because that was definitely a fart by a man who knows how bad his farts smell. And to have that confidence to still do it when you're trapped in a tiny car with your girlfriend. Uh, Godspeed to you. And uh, good luck on Tinder. Because I'm, <laughs> I'm sure she's not with you anymore. Uh, that was just one of those magical moments. and uh, One of the little things in life that I really, uh, really appreciated. I was, uh, I guess it's more of a confession. I'll save it for a confession. I'll do a confession thing. I do have questions. I do have confessions. We'll get to, uh, we'll get to all of them. Uh, went to the drive-in, uh, this weekend. Went and saw Twister at the drive-in. Uh, the 1996 Bill Paxton. I'm going to make Dorothy fly. And Helen Hunt feature film. Young Helen Hunt played by the girl from Spy Kids, Alexa Vega. Oh, it's an all-star cast, gang. The late Philip Seymour Hoffman. Being a little goof, eating some steak and eggs. The buddy from Ferris Bueller. Chasing storms now. It, uh... It holds up as far as silly films go. You know? What would an F5 be? Finger of God. (laughs) That line's been stuck in my head uh, all week. And I doubt it will go anywhere anytime soon. We got cows. Uh, Anyone else just shoot out movie quotes all the time? Uh, I do. It's lunacy. I need to get it fixed. But Twister was fun. The effects hold up more than you think for a film that's 24 years old. But I realized when I was watching Twister. That for many years. That's just what I call tornadoes. I just call them Twisters. And I don't know when I stopped saying Twisters. But now it's funny. We got sisters. Um, <laughs> yeah, I told you. I'm just going to quote off the cop. As soon as they pop into my head, I got to I gotta say them. I didn't mean for this to happen. I know. Oh, Bill Paxton. Why didn't your other fiance stay without Meg? I don't get why she kept chasing tornadoes. After she'd almost died two other times with fucking tornadoes. Just stay there, eat steak and eggs, get buried under some rubble with the dog. Uh, they all lived. It's all good. Not as many deaths. As I remember in Twister. It used to scare me as a kid. It was one of those movies that was always on TBS. Dinner and a movie. Um, I'm firing on all cylinders today. And the opening used to horrify me. With Helen Hunt's dad getting sucked out uh, in the Twister. Which as a kid. That scene lasted 20 minutes. Was the man hanging on for his dear life. It was like sick. It was like a vine or a TikTok. Uh, in shortness from him getting sucked out into the tornado. Uh, but that haunted me for years. And I got a little really nervous uh, when I went to go see this movie. Almost wished that I went and had seen The Little Mermaid the night before. But the driving was nice. Went with a group of friends and my girlfriend. You know, had hot dogs, popcorn, 
much cheaper than a regular movie. You know, I, my tall ass was a little too big for the car, so we sat in a chair and I sat uh, beside the car listening to the speaker from the outside. But it was nice. It was a good time. Something different. Uh, which is all you can ask for, right? A little mixing up every now and then. Break away from the mundane. Speaking of movies, uh, Cuties by Netflix. Have you seen this? Uh, if you haven't, you've probably seen some angry articles about it. This is French movie uh, made by this uh, black female director. And the whole movie is about uh, desexualizing young women. This girl wants to be part of a dance team and all this stuff. And then somehow through market, the poor marketing choices, not somehow, but through the poor marketing choices from Netflix, they took this film and they made it look like it was totally sexualizing uh, young girls. And it was all about twerking and stuff like that. And then people lost their mind. People are still losing their mind now, even though it's been explained that the marketing for it was the problem. It's not the film itself. The film itself is making a point against those kind of things. And uh, I just, it's one of those things where it's like, read more than the headline. Look into the story. I get everything. The poster was fucked and uncomfortable. But, like, at the same time, these are probably also people that have binge-watched Toddlers and Tiaras. Like, there's worse shit out here. This is, like, a teaching thing. Uh, but, of course, then all the conspiracy people, you know, the Hollywood, boo. Tom Hanks has a underground railroad of young pussy. Like, you stop it. Yes, there's terrible trafficking and stuff, but... Do a little work. Do a little investigation. You know, stop focusing on a goddamn dumb movie that's supposed to teach the opposite of what you think it's actually about. That was my quick rant. I wrote that one down a while ago. I can't remember entirely all the facts and things I remember. but Because I want to talk to you guys and I don't want to run out of things to say. So I end up writing too much stuff down and when it comes to uh, time to do this. I forget about half the topics and why I thought about them at the time that I did. I saw that uh, someone had posted like a, a a meme which involved cross. It was a little comic strip and involved the crosses somehow. You know the ones Jesus was crucified on, and it made some kind of joke. And many people were saying that, like, oh, this person's going to hell. If you think this is okay and funny, you're going to hell. This is, you're pissing off God. And I got to say, maybe I'm talking out of church here, but this is the church of common sense. Uh, and uh, this, is a, this is a free space to ask some questions. I'm pretty sure that, uh, that that for certain that if there is a God and and Jesus and all that, they gotta have a sense of humor. They have to. They have to. In fact, I would go as far as say they have to have the best sense of humor. Uh, being as old as they are and watching all this shit, they have to be able to have some sort of sense of humor. There's no way that the planet has not been blown up yet if they didn't have a sense of humor. I'm 28, and if I was got uh, this, this shit would be a wrap for the cuties thing alone. Let alone... All the other terrible shit in the world. You think God really cares about a comic strip? That's what's going to... Literally, as someone had had put that out. Well, you read that comic strip. The amount of... <laughs> again, kids being sex trafficked. And the murders and the rapes. 
and racism and all the terrible shit that's going on right now, you think God gives a fucking damn about a goofy comic strip in the funny papers? Um, <laughs> sorry, I'm going to Godfather now. Uh, there's all you know, I read the funny papers. You read the funny papers? God damn, that's a good movie. Um, yeah. He, the man needs to have a chuckle. He has the best sense of humor. You know, cliche thing. Have you ever seen a platypus or a porcupine? How can you say God doesn't have a sense of humor? You don't think he wasn't laughing his balls off? Or laughing his titty jiggles? Um, <laughs> at that girl leaning out the side of her boyfriend's car, damn near vomiting like the exorcist from a fart, you don't think God didn't at least go, <clears throat> before he laid down his thunderstorm the other night? Get out of here. The Almighty, 100%, would have a sense of humor. And with that wise observation, we have come to questions. And uh, we got a few this week. We got a few from different people. I will uh, I'll start off with this one first. <clears throat> this comes from a uh, listener uh, who uh, re- who sent in a uh, comedy-related question before. This is another one from him. Oh, sorry, this is not from this is from a different guy. Uh, Travis, there's a lot of new comics on the scene right now. Who is your favorite up-and-coming young comic, and why is it Chris Halef? Sign, sincerely, Kyle, Baby Boy, Barnsey, Stable of Halifax, Barnett. Well, little Kyle, I would say that Chris Halef is my favorite up-and-coming comic because next to Joe Harfouche and myself, he's the only other minority comic in the scene. And I mean ethnically minority, not uh, not gender, because that, that 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 pool's a little more diverse. Thank you for that young, that <laughs> that young. That uh, very nice question. I appreciate it. I enjoy flipping those burgers. Now, we have another comedy-related question. This one I got sent uh, sent to me on Instagram. I will uh, I'll read it here for you. It involves uh, Zoom comedians. Is it wrong for me to completely dismiss Zoom comics? I think they're clowns. And they pretend they got funny when really all they did is talk in silence and are now just disgustingly more confidently unfunny. Uh, that one was sent in from a comic from away. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you can totally not uh, enjoy that style of comedy. I don't see any problem in that. I don't think you're... It's a weird one, for sure. I thought it was weird when I was starting up Zoom shows and that. I think, uh, you know, like I say, I respect the hustle. But sometimes the talent doesn't match the hustle. And I think that uh, during lockdown, it was kind of like purge night for hacks. <laughs> you know, they could they could do whatever they wanted. And, you know, not even hacks. A hack can be at least have the skill set. But people where you know there's not probably going to be a lot of growth in the future or down the road. I think really took advantage of like the whole Zoom thing. And it's uh, it's not my style of comic. Like I did. I did, a, I did a live stream show. It was fun for what it was. I wouldn't always want to do a no audience live stream thing. Uh, but as far as I remember, you even posted that I had done a decent job. The person who sent in this question. And, and they're hard. They're much harder. So I think you need to be uh, a comic of some skill or experience to make those things work. And I think in a time like this, there's not there's not a lot of real vouching uh, anyone can do or really needs 
to say, hey, let me do my comedy in, in front of no one. And, uh, you know, if there's silence, everyone can just blame it on the fact that, oh, well, you know, it's a, it's a live show, no audience, and it's already, you know. So it gave people a lot of excuses to have bad sets or performances. Uh, your, uh, your dislike for them is, uh, is okay, but I wouldn't let it eat you up. Uh, I, I know you, and I think you're a uh, hilarious young comic. And, uh, you know, keep pushing forward. Fuck them. Head down full speed ahead, bud. Uh, I should give you shit advice because I'm still jealous that you got to get so close to Obama. But, uh, <laughs> nice hearing from you, man. Uh, we got, uh, got a couple Disney questions now that I can, uh, I can go into answering. And I, then there is, uh, actually one question I am dying to, uh, have answered myself. But first we'll go into, uh, the Disney questions. Here we go. Sorry. These are all on different things. I should just kind of put them all together. Who's your favorite animal companion? That's uh That's a great question. I've not These are not questions I think about beforehand. I am answering them here on the spot. But I would have to say my favorite animal companions I will disqualify Talking sidekicks. So I will, you know, no Mushu, no technically Timon and Pumbaa, um, no Flounder. I'd probably say for like a pure animal companion, either Abu from Aladdin, who just stuck by. Him the whole time, even though he's this poor boy. Like, Abu didn't need to be a street rat, <laughs> you know? He's a very smart monkey. He could have been doing tricks somewhere. He's getting all the free food he wanted, no problem. But instead, he hung out with poor Aladdin, who didn't have anyone, who wasn't a prince. Like, Aladdin should have had more confidence at the start of the fact that this monkey would hang around his broke ass when he easily could have had a better life. So I think the loyalty of Abu alone uh, is very sweet and endearing and just a fun character. Uh, close second would probably be Miko from Pocahontas when he was eating like uh, the crackers from uh, pretty sure he stole them from Percy. It's uh, Governor Ratcliffe's uh, pug. But uh, Miko eating those crackers, it just made them look so good. God damn, I love a good looking cartoon food. There's just some foods I know will never be as good as they look in cartoons. Watermelon. Chicken you can just shove in your mouth and then pull out a bone. Same with the fish that like cats eat in alleyways in cartoons. Oh, so many good pizza. Pizza's a beautiful... I've never seen such a great cheese pull as one in a cartoon. Crackers always do. Oh, you ever see the Aristocats? They got the Rockford's, uh, the mouse is <laughs> just naming all the characters. <laughs> is dipping the cracker in the in the milk or the cream, and that that shit looks better than ninety percent of the most amazing meals. I've ever had. I did a little surf and turf not too long ago. I'd smack that out of the waiter's hand. Give me that little cracker with that cream. That made it look so good. You know it has to look good when a mouse is like got his grubby hands on you. You're like shit I'd still eat that. Great question. Thank you for that one. Do you care who Walt Disney was or just the product? Um... I mean, I don't think anyone, no, nobody truly likes an innocence. 
innocent uh, enterprise, maybe. I don't know. I don't know what the word to use here. Um, I've, I've never looked fully into the full uh, stuff with, you know, Walt and, 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 and Jewish people. Uh, I don't, you know, I don't know how much of that is, uh, like, on record stuff or whatever from a personal life standpoint. Uh, I believe 100% the man was probably a product of his time. Which, you know, only goes so far. Because even after, you know, even back then, there's still, I still think people could tell the difference between, like, this is right, this is wrong, like, you know. So I don't think he gets like a full pass or anything like that. Uh, if he was 100% like, you know, a shitty person. But. Uh, I've watched documentaries on him. Of course, they, you know, put him in a much more positive light, less negative things. I think he was an interesting man. I think. Uh, I'd maybe like to look into a more unbiased type of like documentary or bio on him but more than anything I think it's like the product is what matters to me um so I mean a Mickey Mouse statue will never need to come down maybe on a Walt but you know If, if 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 it came out that Walt was some monster I, I think there's enough goodness in Mickey that Disney as a whole would uh, survive I think the company has become and has been for quite some time bigger than Walt bigger than Walt boom that's our uh, two Disney questions and now, if I'm not mistaken, is that magical time that we all know is called Confessions. These are my confessions. Just when I thought I said all I can say, my chick on the side says she got one on the way. These are my confessions. And uh, we, uh, we, have a, we have a confession sent in today. Uh, I've not read it yet, but it was it was sent in uh, before I was leaving to go do the show today. So uh, this was sent in. It was sent in by a listener. <clears throat> when I was a young boy of thirteen years, I went to a summer camp. I was late getting there because I was already in town, so my mom dropped me off. I walked into the large gymnasium where everyone was already eating. Probably like 200 kids at this big crowded table. There was another table, slightly smaller, but completely empty, that was off to the left. I sat at the empty table about... Sat at the empty table. About five minutes later, I was told that it was for staff only, and I had to go to the other table with the 200 kids. I did, and it was fine, but I've thought about that moment regularly ever since... And I'm worried that's still very much who I am. This is, uh... I don't know if this is unintentionally deeper than it uh, it should be. But it, it, it seems like um, you were reluctant to uh, to join this group and uh, I think the fact that this is still with you uh, shows that maybe you still have some insecurities about not fitting in which we all have. I, I certainly have them. 
Clearly, you did not have your mustache. Uh, back then, or else the staff probably would have thought you were staff, unless they all had special shirts. But I think that's one of those... Those moments where you probably look back and you're like, man, I wish I could have just... You missed out on a chance to make a, f- a first impression. And that's probably what really sticks with you. And I think to get past this now is to embrace any moment where you have to make a first impression. Make a big statement. Let people know who you are. Don't, uh, don't be that shy 13-year-old kid who needs uh, staff to tell me he's in the wrong spot. Let people know that you're in the right spot. It's way more serious than I was planning on getting. But thank you for your confession. Uh, I would say to absolve you of your guilt, you can uh, say three Hail Marys and wear at least four the same four Hawaiian shirts on top of each other at an upcoming performance and you will be fully absolved. Thank you. That was uh that was the only confession we had for this week. But uh, that doesn't mean we're done cuz I have I have some of my own. That's, you know. That's why I ask you guys to send them in and if I don't get any, I have plenty of stuff to uh Get off my chest. I was thinking about like guy relationships and uh, and female relationships and had like dynamics between friends of these groups act and I and I and I came to this conclusion. That I think women with their friends help each other get through life. And guy friends help you forget about life. You know, like women help guide you and give you tips and and, and really... You know, let you know you're not walking alone in this thing. And if one of you is going through a bad time, you're all going through a bad time, and you're and you're going to get through it together, and you're going to solve the problem. Where I think guys kind of just like let's go get drunk and fucked up and not deal with it and just push it down until it turns into ass cancer twenty years down the line. <laughs> and. And I think that I thought I just don't think maybe guys are, are 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 critical enough thinkers to be that kind of friend and help friends get some. A lot of people like try they'll try to talk, but it's never. It's not the way I've seen girlfriends interact with each other. Like, literally, I remember one time I was walking and these girls were walking. And a friend said, and one of the girls goes, oh, I just hate them. And one girl was like, oh, who do we hate? Who do we hate now? And was like, all on board to go fuck up this dude. Like, it was like, right, let's fix this solution. And I don't think guys have that same thing. I think if we did, I think we'd go horribly awry. And that's where my confession comes in. Because it's not... Guys aren't made to help guy friends get through life. We just need to take them out and get them drunk. Which in turn stops them from doing something so stupid. They'll just give themselves a hangover. And have that be the dumbest thing they did. I had a buddy. Who was in a relationship. And it went awry. 
and one night we're all hanging out. It was recently after the breakup. Me and another buddy, and the guy that uh, had, had just had his relationship end. And it ended really sour. Maybe some infidelity uh, was what I was told. But at one point in the evening, he was like, I got a plan. I think I know what I'm going to do. We had a we had to do a little prank, which, like in hindsight, I look back, I was like, "What are we thinking?" Uh, this was in high school, by the way. This is not recently. This is not adults. This is this is dumb kids. So we we start walking to this girl's house, and. My buddy has a bag, and there's a school by our house, and as we're getting there, he's like, okay, here we go, and he pulls down his pants, and he starts, <laughs> what the fuck, <laughs> he starts to shit in this plastic bag, so this is, this is see, this is how long ago it was. We still have plastic bags. If it was recently, it would have been a paper bag. And that's a terrible Fulton City. You can't shit in a paper bag. You can put shit in a paper bag, but you can't shit into a paper bag. Uh, he had a plastic one. You need the handles you need to be able to stretch. It covers your ass a little more willy-nilly. And he starts taking a shit in this... <laughs> in this fucking bag. Uh, you don't know true friendship and what kind of test you need to face until you need until you watch your uh, your best friend uh, make eye contact with you while shitting in a plastic superstore bag. He shits in this bag and goes, "Okay, here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna put the shit." underneath the car handle and at this point I was like oh lord um no I I was too taken aback by him shitting in the bag to ask why he was shitting in a bag I was just like this is gonna be it's gonna be like a dog poop you know boom 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 someone stomps on like but <laughs> takes the shit and he puts it underneath the car door handle uh, I'm mortified and when he was doing that he gave me and another friend uh, Ziploc bags to piss in to make like little piss bombs now there was no way I was There's no way I'm, 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 one, leaving that much DNA at this ridiculous event, which I thought was just going to be a prank. But, I piss in the Ziploc bag. And, uh, I, my intent, uh, my intention was to, you know, terrible throw it. And be like, oh, I got a weak arm, and not actually uh, hitting anywhere near the said house or vehicle, uh, which is what I did. But as I was gearing up to doing my uh, terrible throw, uh, I cocked my hand back, and the bag burst, and uh, my piss went uh, all over me. Uh, to which anyone who knows me knows I have a pretty weak stomach, and I immediately just start gagging and dry heaving. Like that girl uh, in her boyfriend's car after he farted. I'm just very, I'm vomiting. Uh, at which point house lights come up because it sounds like a moose is sucking dick on this person's lawn. <laughs> and 
make a break for it. Uh, I immediately start running. I'm not sticking around for this uh, thing that I've been roped into. And I start running down the street vomiting and vomiting and vomiting. And uh, I just think to myself, I really just should have got this asshole drunk. <laughs> Guys, help friends forget about life. We're not therapists. We don't know how to help guys work through their stuff because we don't know how to work through our own stuff. We need to do better. We need to learn how to be more open and all that shit and how to work stuff out in a healthy way and not and not do things like the fictional story. I just told you. What? Was that true? Was it not? This is a podcast of fun and humor. And although these are confessions, this is still an entertainment podcast first. So you be the judge. We hit one hour on the dot. It's very late. I'll give you a longer one next week. Thank you so much for listening. This has been episode four. Appreciate you. Good night. Or good morning. Whenever the hell you listen to this. Peace. For better or worse, this has been the Church of Common Sense with Travis Lindsay. Congregation dismissed. Jesus Christ.